We're so happy you're joining us on our Brentwood Church podcast. To find out more about Brentwood, go to brentwoodchurch.org. During this episode, Pastor John shares a great message that we pray will lead you to new and deeper levels with Jesus Christ. So open up your Bible or Bible app and grab a notebook or simply listen along. Thank you, Danny and Jared, for bringing that. Hey, what a great way to start a series about slaying dragons. Hey, whatever it takes, whatever it takes to slay this thing, whatever it takes to kill this thing, and that's what we're going to look at over the next few weeks. There are dragons in our life, and what are dragons in our stories, in our mythology, in our legends, in our movies? They are bullies. They are tyrannical beasts that live outside the village who say, if you don't do what I want you to do, if you don't give me what I want, I will burn down the village. I will destroy everything. But what happens when the people rise up and they are led by a leader who says, whatever it takes, we're going to slay this thing because we're not going to be bullied by it anymore. I can't wait to see some people slay some dragons in this series already. Already, I got word. I talked to a man right after the second service. His name is Tim. One year ago, he walked into this church upon an invitation of people who love and know him. He was a raging alcoholic, drinking for breakfast. He couldn't hold a job. He couldn't hold it together. He couldn't hold relationships. They said, come to church with us. He heard the good news of Jesus Christ, got in recovery. Today is his one-year sobriety. That's powerful stuff. And I'm going to tell you something. That's a guy who said, whatever it takes, and I can't do this alone. I can't do this by myself. We have dragons in our life. They're in our minds. They're in our hearts. There are these things that say, I am in control of you. Their sin cycles, their habits, their addictions, their hangups, their hurts, their toxic relationships, their things that we settle on and negotiate with in our life and say, okay, okay, if you just won't burn the village down, I will cooperate with you. And yet what they're doing is they're keeping us from thriving. If we don't slay dragons, Brentwood Church, we will cease to fully thrive in our life. Let me tell you something. Jesus Christ came 2,000 years ago, the Son of God came to this earth to live, to die on a cross for the sins of all humankind, past, present, and future, yours, mine, and the people sitting beside you. Not only so that when we die, we do not have the penalty of death and separation from God. Not only that, that we would walk forever in eternity with God into a new heaven and a new earth, but so that right here and right now in this life, we can live victorious. We do not have to let sin cycles and hurts and hangups and habits and fears and insecurities hold us back from being the people that God has designed and purposed and saved us to be whatever it takes. I'm gonna fight and I'm gonna slay this dragon. You with me? You with me, Brentwood Church? We're gonna dragon slay. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to stand up. I want you to say to two or three people around you, I'm ready to do whatever it takes. Go ahead, introduce yourself because it might be a little weird. Hi, I'm Jill, I'm John. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Mm.
I want to tell you about one of my dragons. I've known about this dragon since I was a little kid, especially in adolescence. It's the dragon of fear, very specific fear, the fear of man. I want your approval. And you know what? There are times in my life where I have said things or not said things, I've done things or not done things, so that people would approve of me. And I remember feeling this very young in life and wanting to be a part of this group or that group and not living by convictions that I felt were deep inside of me, I would betray them so that I could get the approval of people, so that I wouldn't be rejected by people. I remember not uh, running for a class officer once. I knew that I was supposed to, but I was afraid that if I lost, it would mean something about who I was as a person. So I didn't take that risk. I was afraid. I was afraid of rejection. I was afraid of not being approved if I didn't get the votes. I remember there were sports teams that I didn't try out for because I thought, well, I'm not as good as that person or that person, and I'll never make the team. And if I make the team, I'll never play. Things that get in my head. But when I was 17 years old, I decided, I decided to do something different in my life. Nathan, hand me that sword. I'm going to show you something. There was a time in my life at 17 years old where I was tired of being afraid of what everybody thought of me and resisting and rebelling against what God wanted for me. At 17, I was in a church much like this. I heard the good news of Jesus Christ proclaimed and it clicked for me for the first time. And I walked down to, a, to the front of a stage just like this. I was the only one in a crowd of hundreds of people who knelt down that day to believe and follow Jesus. And I got up that moment, and I'm telling you what, a dragon had been slain because I didn't care who saw me. I didn't care what happened to me at that moment. I wasn't afraid of what people were gonna say. In fact, I went on to, to, to share the good news of Jesus with anybody and everybody who would stand still long enough. And you know what? There were friend groups who were like, hey, John's lost it. He's gotten religion. Man, I don't know if I want to hang out with him. And they didn't, ha- they didn't invite me to their parties or their reindeer games anymore. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know what? There was this season of my life where I just didn't care. But you know what happened? I started thinking that I had slain that dragon, that that dragon was dead. But you know what I did when I started to believe and follow Jesus and I started to grow and mature in that and I started being successful in that? Then I wanted Christian people's approval. And I started to say things that they wanted me to say and do things that they wanted me to do or not and, and not what God was leading me to do. And so just like so many of us, we think that we have slain a dragon, but we really just negotiated with it. We really just put it back in a cave and we laid down our sword and we stopped fighting And that dragon just reared its ugly head in some other way. And this happens to us. That's just one of my dragons. But I know that you, like me, have many of them. Maybe it is a fear. Maybe it is insecurity. Maybe it is a lifestyle. Maybe it's a thought pattern. Maybe it's a toxic relationship. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's something like religion. I don't know what it is for you, but at some point you won on it. And maybe you went on it for a season. You thought you had killed the dragon, but really, really, it just went back into a cave. You laid down your sword just like me, and that dragon came back even more fierce and even more scary than before. And that may be where you are today. You thought, you know what? There are areas in my life as a believer and follower of Jesus Christ. I'm just not winning. I'm being bullied by a dragon. 
And it's keeping me quiet. It's keeping me silent. It's keeping me stuck. It's keeping me from thriving. And that's the thing that we're going to see today. If we don't slay these dragons, if we don't slay these dragons, we will not fully thrive. But we get to this place where we actually start to believe that we can't do it. We lose so many battles with it. We lose so many fights with it. We get clean. We get sober. We get whatever. And then all of a sudden, some stress, some distraction, some season in our life causes all those old things to come back. And that dragon is bigger and badder than ever before. Judges chapter 6, go there with me. Here's the thing. We're going to see today some good news. That not only can these dragons be fought with, they can be slain. And God gives us the power to do that. We're going to look at the life of a man named Gideon. Now, if you're not familiar with the scriptures, if you're not familiar with this story, I'm going to give you a little bit of setup. But I want to say this. If you're new to church and you're new to the Bible, we're going to look at a scene in, in, a, in, the, in, the, in the history of a people known as the Israelites. They have had quite a run. They have left 400 years of slavery. They wandered in the wilderness for about 40 years, and then they were led by a man named Joshua in to conquer what is the promised land. They spent many years conquering the land, starting to harvest and succeed in the land, but all of a sudden something happened. They did something. They went after something. An old dragon reared its head from their past. Look what it says in verse 1 of Judges chapter 6. It says, the Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight. What does that mean? Very specifically, they started chasing after the false gods of the people around them. Idols. Things that get in the way of our worship of God. Things that get in the way of our devotion with God. We all have them. And what happens? It says, so the Lord handed them over to the Midianites for seven years. He says, okay, if you want to worship their gods, then why don't you let them be in control of your life? Why don't you let them be your masters? And that's exactly what happened. These Midianite peoples who lived in the hills and the highways and the byways would come down and they would push the Israelites around and say, hey, you better give us your crops. You better give us your stuff. You better give us this. You better give us that. You better give us your daughters or we're going to come down here and we're going to burn the place down and we're going to kill you and we're going to kill your kids. And so what did Israel do? Okay, just don't hurt us. And so they lived in this state of fear and they lived in this state of intimidation. And I think a lot of us, like I've already described, may be there today. You may be in a place where you read the Bible now and you just don't have any power in it anymore because there's this Midianite group, there's this dragon hanging over you. You may may feel that intimidation. Well, this man Gideon, who we're gonna meet, He is someone who personifies where Israel is. He is a man defeated, defeated by his enemies. And we find him in a moment where God comes to him and he calls him up to something. And I want us to see this because this is very critical about where we're going to be going today and over the next few weeks to slay our dragons. Look at what it says in verse 11. Jump down there with me of Judges chapter six. It says, the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree of Ophrah, which belonged to Joash of the clan of Ebiezer. So we see this scene. The angel of the Lord comes, sees this man Gideon. He is on assignment to engage in this man and call him to something. 
But what is Gideon doing and why is it significant? Look what it says in the next verse. It says, Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of a wine press. You say, why is that significant? To hide the grain from the Midianites. He's a man intimidated and defeated. So let me, let, me, let me just describe to you what he's doing and why this is significant. He's down in a wine press, which is a deep hole where they would put grapes and they would smash them up and they would make them into wine. Well, threshing wheat was the exact opposite. You want to be out in the open. You want to be where everyone can see you so that when you throw up the wheat, the bad grain or the chaff would blow away and the good stuff would fall and then you collect it and you make bread out of it. What Gideon is doing is he is threshing wheat in a dark hole. Let me say that again. He is doing something that should be done in the light, in the darkness, in a pit. Why? Because he still believes in something, but he just doesn't believe it for himself. And I think that's where some of you are today. You are down in a hole. And you know what that hole is for you. And all of a sudden, you're getting ready to have an encounter with the manifest presence of God. Look, God is everywhere, but I believe he is here today. And his Holy Spirit is on assignment to speak destiny into some people today. And I believe it's you. I believe that you're here today to not only be set free, but to become a hero. To become a hero that will slay Dragons. Write this down. Our natural response to dragons is to hide in fear and shame. To hide in fear and shame. Listen, there's something in your past that keeps pushing you like a bully and saying, You can't be anything more than a person who threshes wheat in a dark hole. So you stay down there. You stay down there and you keep your mouth shut. You stay in that seat. Man, I wanna talk to you for a second. I think there's a part of you that knows that you are to lead spiritually in your family and in your future family. I think there's a part of you that knows and feels the calling to lead in your church. But there's this thing, there's this secret in your life, there's this cycle in your life. There's this dragon in your life that keeps you sitting there and bullies you and say, you better be quiet because you're not worth anything. If people knew your sin, if people knew your story, and you fill in the blank. And so just like Gideon, you're down in that hole and you're like, you know what? I'm going to come to church. I think I need to thresh thresh some wheat, but Man, I need to do it down here in the hole because I don't want anybody to, to, to really know how broken and busted up I am. I believe that the Spirit of God is going to call you to something today. In fact, even as I'm speaking, you want to stand up right now. You want to stand up and you want to say, today is the day that I slay my dragon. Today is the day that I become the hero of the story that God has called me into, the hero of the people that he wants me to lead into battle. And I'm gonna tell you this, it's your family. It's your family. You are on the cusp of something. And I can't wait for you to break free. I think there's some women here today who believe some lies about who you are. You believe some lies about what happened to you in that season of your life. And you feel shame and you feel fear 
I'm going to tell you today, the Spirit of God is calling you up, and He's calling you into something great, and there is no dragon before you that cannot be slain, and He is going to give you the power, and He is going to give you the strength to get your sword out, to pick it up again, and to cut that dragon and to slay it. Can I get a witness, anybody? Anybody? Mm. The angel of the Lord, verse 12, appeared to him and said, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Gideon is not a hero to himself in this moment. As I already described, he's down in a hole. But the Lord says, I see who you are, even if you can't see who you are. I believe in you even if you don't believe in you. I believe in you. You are a hero. You are a warrior. And I'm with you. I'm with you. Some of you actually believe because you are so far in that hole that God has abandoned you, just like Gideon. God's abandoned us. He's abandoned us. Look look, look what he says. He says, sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? You ever ask that question? God, if you're with me, if you are loving and you are compassionate and you are forgiving and you you are for me, then why do I feel abandoned by you? Look Look what happens. This is... And where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. The Lord has abandoned us. What does he say to this messenger of God when the messenger of God says, you're a hero and the Lord is with you? He says, nah, I don't believe that. If the Lord knew me and how I'm going to screw this up again, he wouldn't be calling me that. Besides, I don't even know if the Lord is with me. Gideon is talking to an angel of the Lord asking for the miracles of God. We want to judge him, don't we? We want to say, man, the miracle's right in front of you. How can you not see it? And yet we have been there. Some of you have been in church for years, decades. You've heard the gospel. You've read the Bible upside, one down, the other, and all that stuff in between. You know it in a couple languages. And yet you are stale in your faith. You are busted up and broken, and you are silenced. You're judgmental, and you're cynical, and you're about to walk away from it all. I don't believe in these miracles. I don't believe that God is with me. Maybe that's where you are today. I know I can get in this headspace. My son was telling me about a friend of his that came to, to Brentwood Church. And man, we've been in this season where we've been talking about, man, God's doing wonder and God's doing miraculous things. And we feel called to acknowledge that. We feel called to say that he's doing some things in our body and he's doing some things in our world. And, and man, they're supernatural and they're awesome. We feel called to that, and I feel called to preach that and teach that and make this a year where we just go, wow, God, you're doing wonder. You're doing miracles in our life. 
And my son says, yeah, a friend of mine came to, to Brentwood. I said, oh yeah, what do what they think? Well, they're never coming back. And that part of me that wants the approval rears up. I said, well, why? Well, because we, we believe that God still does miracles. And there's this part of me that says, well, 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 well maybe we can stop believing that. I mean, in my mind, I'm like, all of a sudden, I'm a middle schooler again. I'm 42 years old. I have three children, a dog and a Prius. <laughs> you know, I'm not late for class. I don't need a hall pass. And yet, just like that, some 13-year-old that I don't even know makes me feel like, well, maybe we shouldn't believe that. Are you kidding me? That dragon, man, he mutates and he morphs and he comes back bigger and badder. And in that moment, I prayed against that and I said, no, 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 no. The fear of man will not be here. I will not bow for the approval of people. There's nothing wrong with that, and there's nothing wrong with those people, but, but I just can't, I can't go, no, no, God has called us to this as a church, and I have to believe that, and I have to live in that. I can't be defensive about that, but what I have to do is say this, I won't let the fear of man bully me anymore, and I don't know what that is for you. I don't know if it's insecurity, I don't know if it's fear, I don't know if it's an addiction, if it's pornography, if it's substance abuse. If it's a toxic relationship that you have become a worshiper of, if it's a job and it is keeping you down, here's what I want to say to you. The Lord's presence is here today and he is saying, I will show you and I will give you the strength to fight this thing that is keeping you from thriving And today is the day you pick up your sword again and you say, I will not be the man who lives and dies in secret. I will not be the woman who lives and dies and lets this thing control me. I will not be the young person who lives and dies and said, I made an agreement with my flesh and the world and my spiritual enemy when I was 20 years old and I never never let those chains be broken. You are a hero and the Lord is with you. He's with you. Slaying our dragons requires power from God and action from us. Look at verse 14. Then the Lord turned to him and said, go with the strength you have. You know, I I love that line because Gideon is in a hole. He's not going to climb up out of that hole and lead an army against the Midianites. Not in that moment. And so what does the messenger of the Lord say? Hey, go right now with the strength that you have. And right now, it may just be enough strength to climb out of the hole. And I think some of you just need to know that today. It may just be climbing out of the hole. It may just be finally surrendering to believe and follow Jesus Christ for the first time, to stop resisting and rebelling and just let God help you out of that hole. 
Hey, before we go fight armies, let's get you out of the hole. Let's get you believing again that the Lord is with you and that he's gonna give you the strength to fight this. And that may be for you today, just coming down here and letting this church get around you in prayer. Or it may be just dropping to your knees right where you are and just saying, God, I need to repent of this. I need to repent of my lack of faith. It may just be you saying, okay, God, help me out of this hole. Go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you God's power, Gideon's action. God's power, the gospel of Jesus Christ, your action, my action. We take thoughts captive. No, 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 I'm not gonna believe that about myself. I'm not gonna believe that about my situations. God's power, God's word, God's people have reminded me of who I am in Christ. My action, I will take action in that and I will get out of this hole. I will walk forward into whatever action God is calling me to. I don't know what that is for you today. Maybe it's making a phone call. Maybe it's confessing something to a close friend. Maybe it's apologizing Maybe it's just walking across the cubicles tomorrow to talk to that person and invite them to church next week. I don't know what it is for you, but I'm gonna tell you this. Go with the strength that God has given you. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says. He says, let me, let me just bring this home to you. Verse 31 of Romans 8. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? What are these wonderful things? That God loves us so much, he knows we can't fix our sin issues. That there's this part of us, every time that we, we violate our conscience, it is God saying, hey, you're not, you're not right with me. Let me get you right with me. You can't do it. I'll do it for you. In fact, I've already done it for you. I sent my one and only son, Jesus Christ, 2,000 years ago to take on flesh and bone, to live a human life, to empathize with all of your struggles and all of your temptations, to die on a cross, and his blood is the ultimate sacrifice for your sins, past, present, and future. Nothing can keep you from my love. Nothing can keep you from my forgiveness because the perfect sacrifice of my son, Jesus Christ, was for you. All you have to do is stop resisting, stop running, and believe that, and accept that, and let me take it from here. Not only that, but he rose again three days later and said, this is what you will do. You will have death defeated for you. You don't have to be bullied by the fear of death or sorrow or sin anymore. I have set you free. Paul says, in light of that, That's big. In light of that, if God is for us, and oh, is he. If God is for us, if he would do that for you, who can ever be against us? What man, what scheme of man, what spiritual enemy, what sickness, what cancer, what sin that has been committed against you, what word that has been spoken against you, whatever is against you. If God is for you, how can it defeat you? 
How can it even intimidate you if God is for you? In light of what he has done through Jesus Christ, there is nothing that can get in the way. Since he did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. I love this. Won't he also give us everything else? If he's done that for you, if he's done the ultimate thing for you, he's abolished sin, sorrow, and death. That dragon, he's slain it for you. Won't he give you everything else, a life of thriving in the purpose and the plan and the power that he has given you? That right here and right now, you can have purpose, you can have joy, you can have growth, you can have impact. That's the gospel, Brentwood Church. And that's what we're called to. That's what we're called to live in, in the strength and the power of that. And man, can you imagine what would happen if a group of people believed that and took up their swords took up their swords and said, there's nothing in my life, no sin cycle, no toxic relationship, no, no thing from my past, no, no thing in the future that can keep me from being defeated because of the power and the strength of God. I wanna ask you if you will consider two things as we bring this home, two things. Number one, that you would believe today that your dragon can die. That you would believe that. That it's not something that's always going to be hovering around your life. That it's not gonna be held up in a cave for a little while and then come back and push you around again and get you confused about who you are, your sexuality, your identity, what you're called to do, whatever it is, that today you would believe that that thing that has kept you chained, that has kept you bound, that has kept you intimidated, that it can die, and that the power of God through the gospel of Jesus Christ and your action in that can slay that dragon. And you know what? Before we go any further in this series, you and I have to believe that. We have to believe this can die. It can be killed. And two, that you would just go with the strength that you have today. Go with the strength. Listen, it's not going to be this huge leap from you climbing out of a hole and leading an army into battle. That's coming. But today, it may just be you standing up and saying, no more. I will not be defeated by this. And God, in his strength, in his belief in me, in his power in me, in his spirit in me, is calling me today to go to war with it. And he will be with me, and he is for me. If that's you today, you just respond to that. You go in the strength that you have. Maybe it is as simple as what I described Maybe it's just walking down here and saying, I need help. I need help today. Maybe it's you as a man who just stays for this last song and lets God go to work on you and you let yourself do something and that is just weep, weep in sorrow and let him comfort you in this moment. And you walk out of here and you say, I, with the strength that God has given me, am changed. 
I'm changed and I'm ready to go to war. I'm ready to go to battle. I'm ready to slay this. And you can have a story like Tim where a year from now, we can go back and say, someone did battle with a dragon last year and we get to share their victory today. I can't wait to say that about a marriage that's here, that's on the brink. I can't wait to say that about someone who has suicidal thoughts right now, who stopped believing that Jesus is your answer, he is your power. For somebody who is in a hole of depression, somebody who's bound up in an addiction, today you can go in the strength that he's given you. And maybe that's just walking across the room. Maybe that's just walking down here. Maybe that's just praying and stop resisting God. I'm gonna ask you right now to bow your heads and close your eyes. Just bow your heads and close your eyes. I think there is someone here today and you need to, for the first time in your life, stop resisting and rebelling against God and you need to accept his free gift of salvation and transformation. And I wanna call you to that right now. I'm gonna count to three. And at the end, when I count to, to three, I want you just to raise your hand boldly and say, today, today, I made the decision to believe and follow Jesus Christ. Today, I let God do for me what I cannot do for myself. And it starts with number one today, just acknowledging that God is your father in heaven, that he is God and you are not, and that he has a purpose and a plan for your life that is far greater than anything that you could ever plot out for yourself. That he loves you, that he's for you. That in your own words, you just acknowledge that. You just say, Father, I believe that you are for me, that you are God and I am not. However you wanna say that, just right now acknowledge that. Two, that right now you just say, Heavenly Father, having acknowledged who you are in my life today, I believe that Jesus Christ is your one and only son. You have given me the faith to believe that and today I walk in that strength and you let that belief Declare in your heart and maybe even out loud in just a moment that you are accepting eternal forgiveness of your sins, past, present, and future. You just tell him that right now. Just say, I accept your perfect salvation into my life through Jesus Christ. I accept right now your perfect spirit into my life. His Holy Spirit right now is invading your heart and your mind to begin to transform your thought patterns about who you are and who you thought you were. And he's transforming them into hopeful thoughts, into joyful thoughts, into peaceful thoughts, into thoughts about a purpose and a plan that is far greater than you've ever designed for you, that God has designed for you. His spirit is in you right now to give you faith to take on dragons in these next seasons of your life. You just acknowledge that right now in your own words and let that wash over you right now. And then finally, number three, I want you to raise your hand right now just boldly and just say today, today I took the step to believe and follow Jesus. Today I, I, I acknowledged God as my father, Jesus as my savior, and his spirit in me as my guide and my transformer. Right now, just boldly raise your hand. I just wanna, I just wanna connect with you right now in this moment. I want us to stand right now and celebrate one more person. One more person. Passed from death to life.
from darkness to light. And you know what? I want you to celebrate the four hands that were raised in the first service. Can we celebrate that? If you're online and you're sitting in a coffee shop right now, people may think you're crazy, but you just applaud the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ, how it transforms. I never, ever want to be tired of that. I never want that to quicken my heart when we see the miracle. Listen, no sermon, no song does that. It's the power of God breaking through doubt and strongholds. I just got word that three hands, three hands were raised. Can we celebrate those other two? Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks for letting us know that. That's powerful. Here's what I want to call us to, Brentwood Church. In in, in just a second, we're going to sing. And singing is a form of worship because it's poetry and it's music that becomes an anthem of what God is doing in us and around us and through us as a people. But it's also a call. It's also a call. It's a response. And during this song, as we sing it, I want you to do one of a few things. Number one, if you know that you're being called right now to come down here and ask for prayer, I mean for healing, for, for a breakthrough in your life, if you want to confess something and you just need a safe voice, I want to call you down to do that. Just, just be obedient to that. Don't let the fear of man keep you from doing that. If, you're, if your marriage is in... In, in shambles right now, and you just need to, to voice that and say, we need your prayers right now. I'm gonna call you to do that right now. We have our response stations open where you can take communion. You can take the bread and the wine, the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. You can come down here and you can do that. You can light a candle of intercessory prayer, nothing mystical about it, just a tangible way of you saying, I'm praying for this person, and people around you can see that, and they can say, I'm gonna carry that with you. I got to pray with a woman right before the second service. She's praying that her house will sell up north so that her whole family can move down here because they feel that God's calling them to do something. I'm, I'm just gonna just say, maybe you just heard that and you're like, you know what, I'm gonna pray for Kevin. I'm gonna pray for Kevin's health and I'm gonna pray that they sell their house. We get to do that with each other. That's the church, Brentwood Church. That's what we get to do with you. We get to carry that stuff together. If today you were one of those hands that was raised, I just want to say you can come down here and you can talk to me or anybody on this team or you can take that card and you can just fill it out and you can give it to me after the service. You can, you can walk to our next step and say, today I made the most important decision of my life. You can do that, whatever. You just be obedient. But as soon as we start to sing, if you need to come down here, I want you to just walk out of where you are and do that. And then Brentwood Church, we're gonna leave here transformed by the power of God who's manifest here today, and we're gonna go change this world. We're gonna go change this world with the good news of Jesus Christ and what he's done in us. Thanks so much for listening today. We believe that everyone has a next step towards Jesus, and we'd love to help you take yours. Email us at hello at brentmanchurch.org or visit our website, brentwoodchurch.org slash next steps. Until next time, go change the world.